everyone. This is Inside the Tribe. We talk here about moving to another country, integration, challenges, fun and experiences while living in different culture. Today, my guest is Daria. Hi. Hi. Hi, Maria. Thank you for being today with us. I'm looking forward to talk to you and know your story. You told me you're like me from Russia and you had several uh, movements in your life. Tell me about the first one, because usually the first one is kind of a big experience where people either have really extremes, you know, like bad goods, they can open their wings or go a bit down in their attitude to this. How was it for you? True. It was an adventure. It was immediately after the high school. So I was 16 when I moved the first time. I moved uh, to Czech Republic. The idea was that I am going to go to a preparation courses to then later on enter Czech educational system. Czech educational system is for free if you learn, uh, if you study in Czech and there are no borders if you're a foreigner or not. Huh. So very attractive for my parents yeah. because my parents really wanted to give me more chances in life and uh, to allow me to, to spread my wings. It was a great undertaking for them, both financially and emotionally, because I am the only child. So letting go of your, of your baby of <laughs> 16-year-old was uh, quite heartbreaking for them, which I found out later on, because obviously when you're 16, the only thing you think about is like, oh my God, I'm going to live on my own without parent supervision. It was it was uh, great. Um, it's something that I wanted. So it wasn't something that was just presented to me as there is no option. It was, okay. I, I wouldn't say that it was a, a mutual decision, but I was pre-informed significantly in advance that I could find peace with that. And I really wanted to leave, so... So it was like, okay, here's here's the go. You can be ready or not, but exactly. it's, go, it's coming. It's, it's happening, yes. I remember leaving. I remember that I only had like one packed suitcase with random stuff. It wasn't even particularly heavy. I remember arriving to Prague and having to find my way around and not knowing anything. Uh, I did speak Czech a little bit. How and, come? Did um, you really prepare or...? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So like because um, I was taking Czech classes uh, with a tutor uh, for two years prior to this. Well, so, that's a preparation. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, it wasn't like okay, <laughs> bye, <laughs> swim or sink. No. So um, on top of, uh, I was already fluent in English because my school was English speaking. Well, it was a it had a strong focus on English. I was comfortable enough in Czech. However, I've never been in a situation where I didn't have an adult with me taking care of things so I arrived to to Prague I had to find a place of university had to take a random bus to this tiny little village called Podibrady where the university and the preparation courses was based I had no idea there were no google maps there were no (laughs) there were no mobile phones nothing I was pretty, it was pretty cool. And I arrived there and I found, uh, I was asking like directions with a little dictionary with from, from old ladies on the street. Cause like, where is that? 
my huge backpack. Arrived to a dorm. It was the first one from our year to arrive. Didn't have anyone. Didn't have any food. Didn't have any money. Just because I didn't think of it. Didn't have any utensils. So even if I wanted to buy yogurt, I couldn't buy yogurt because I had nothing to eat it with. So I did have a little bit of a language. However, everything else was not thought of at all. So that was my first 24 hours in a new country. Huh. Did you have um, like neighbors in... Uh... In the in dorm room or not for the first three days I was completely alone and then now my very close friend moved in with her dad she was significantly better prepared she had <laughs> utensils um, she had things that like I didn't think of her dad with with her arrived from Ukraine so it was a little bit closer to her as well and then we started settling down and then more and more people from ex-Soviet republics joined and from all over the world and all of us were like 16 17 and it was it was amazing time it was really uh... now like looking back at it I go like this was really like the best thing that I could have wished for myself however now at that time yeah as a teenager as a teenager now though being a mother of a six-year-old thinking that you know in 10 years I might do that to him I'm like oh my baby how did my mother do that that was so cruel yes. did you ask her ever she d- I did we did have a very close relationship we still do and um, she recognized that uh, she was a very dominating presence in my life and that all of my decisions that I was making till then uh, mentally I had to get her approval for them mm. She wanted me to have freedom from her expectations and desires. So for me to become my own person, which is a very brave and self-aware thing to do. Was it not the same with dad? He was always supportive of things. He never spoke against any of this. Hmm. Yeah, so he was there when we needed it to him and when the support was needed. But he was more of like, yes, you can do it. How can I help? Okay. Kind of guy. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice um, attitude. Yeah, I, when I think back also, because um, I didn't go to a study, but I um, went to US for exchange programs, like last programs that Russia had uh, with US before presidents changed and everything was stopped. So we were like one month and a half. Uh-huh. And that was also incredible because we lived in family. So we had to kind of accept family rules. But otherwise, like, You were guests, so it's more like you had more options and you enjoyed many things. Everything was new. No, there is no your parents. It's absolutely all different. And you really put into language. I think it's the best thing to learn the language. Just absolutely dropped in the Mm -hmm. um, environment, right? And then we came back in one and a half months. And our parents, they meet us in the airport and they were so happy to see us. And we were crying. Oh, we were crying because no, we returned. Yes. No, because <laughs> we returned. So can you imagine our, like being now a parent, you, were, you missed your child and there was no like Skype or something. So um, of course there were teachers with us so they, we were safe and um, everything. But then you meet and you're so happy and they cry you think oh they missed us and they say we want to back i think yeah. that's a kind of a, a bit of cruel now from the point of view of parent i think it's true however i mean i'm trying to think of being a mom more like a guide than anything else my child kind of doesn't belong to me much and 
the goal in my life is just to make sure that he really doesn't need me, that he's independent, happy, grown up. And, you know, he comes back to me because he wants to, not because, yeah. you know, he has to, because he can't deal without be. life. Exactly. Or cannot. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. That's the point to raise, um, to raise them. And I think that if they will be happy in their own way, that's the best we can do. Yeah. Exactly. How do you find generally Czech Republic? I think, I mean, Prague should be amazing. It's still in my list. I still didn't go there, but I think it's an amazing city. How are the people? Were there some really mentality difference for you when you came in first years? Um, how you were adapting on the culture level? It's a, it's a very good question. And I don't think that I thought about that consciously enough. I think back then, well, back then, well, it is almost 20 years ago, so... My God, in 2000, no, it's literally 20 years ago, in 2000, between 2001 and 2004, when I was there, things were still slightly shaky between Russian speakers and Czech, understandably so, because our history is, you know, the yeah. not, not the nicest one. And you could, occasionally you could feel it. They did appreciate a lot that you spoke the language and that you made an effort. Yeah. Uh, but still, there were a little bit, they were always kind of a little bit joking about the occupation and stuff. But Because, I mean, it's a, it was a heavy thing to have for them. And seeing us as a big brothers again yeah. coming and, you know, taking university places probably also was uh, a bit rough. But my life there was so much within the university expat community. And we were all, all from all over the world. And uh, our Czech colleagues and uh, co-students were only like, I don't know, two-thirds of, the, of my world. I never felt like I was not welcome. I always worked there as well. Probably not particularly legally, if I think about it now. But, you know, it's a student <laughs> job. But I've tried my best to be part of the society. I've done my best to speak the language, to live by the rules. I was very appreciative about their way of being. They're also quite straightforward and without a lot of this, you know, small talk. And they're very mm -hmm. to the point. And I felt comfortable there with that. You know, as a student, I felt respected and I felt like uh, I was an equal in this in, in this environment, not yeah. somebody who needs to just, you know, make notes and study by heart. Yeah. Um, I think it's a nice feeling if you feel on the same level, you know, and, and then it doesn't matter where you came from. No. And mm -hmm. I was, I've been given the same assignments as everybody else and I was treated as everyone else. And it was, it was great. Yeah. Really good. How long have you been living there? Uh, so I did my bachelor's there, as I love telling people. I did my bachelor's in tropical subtropical agriculture, in in, Czech. in the center of Europe. Yes, <laughs> and that I can build a barn in the middle of Africa. <laughs> I've never been before in, in the studies in Africa. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I've never been, never set my foot in Africa yet. Um, so three years of this and one year of preparation. So it was all together four years. Okay, um, it's an interesting direction of study that you chose. What is? Yeah, it was completely random. Let's be honest. I mean, nobody knows what they want. Well, I didn't know uh, what I wanted to be as a sixteen-year-old. It's funny because you know my parents thought of me like establishing myself and having more freedom and like having all my life in front of me however nobody in my life gave any thought about what direction of studies should I potentially explore 
So you just came and took what was there. How was it? Yeah, uh, well, because this of this one year of preparation, I had a little bit of time to try and think of what I want to do. And my first choice was uh, trying to enroll in uh, psychology courses, well, uh, education. Uh, later, while I was trying to do that, I found out that basically you need to have so much of work experience within the area, even before you apply to university, that it was completely out of question. The entry exams are very tough. I've passed two rounds of uh, entry exams for psychiatry <laughs> instead of psychology, but you know, who cares about the difference? <laughs> and failed the last one because there was like, I don't know, 3,000 applicants for like okay. 30 places. Almost got enrolled in English language <laughs> course there with zero preparation, but failed because I didn't read any of uh, uh, Jack London and I was just trying to make stuff make up, up during, yes, during, during the exam. That didn't work. Um, and I did something else. I tried something else. Uh, half of my class that was in the same preparation class, because they were uh, from ex-Soviet republics, they were able to enroll themselves in Russian studies. Okay. Because it's not their official yeah. language of their countries. Yeah. And I'm like, those cheats. This is so not fair because I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. So, and I was like, well, okay, biology. Biology sounds fun. And I passed the exams for the for this one and I've studied biology. I think in Russia, all our generation, they work now not what they studied. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. if you compare like generation who now finishing or like, a bit younger than us mm -hmm. they really they choose consciously they study they make internship they start to work in the field they chose for us it was important to have the high education yeah but like what and how you like you decide later what you exactly. work exactly and i mean with all that uh, 90s in russia and change it was so mixed up and what you studied before some people didn't want because it was paid not good or you wanted just faster money, or it was more, for example, I don't know, some people wanted more traveling, so they chose how they do and what they do. I mean, I never worked on my first education, but What's I think- first education? Yeah, I have, a, I have a master in sociology. Oh, well. I mean, yeah. you're coming You're coming to it closer and closer now, if anything. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, coaching and all that stuff. It, it basically learned me that on the one hand side, you do these researches, which basically I love still to do. Mm -hmm. So I like to make up, I'm, I love to be moderator of talking and what we do now, I also love. So, and at the same time, I can reach out to any person. I mean, we did such questionnaires and went to the su such places i now being adult i would not go there and we went to some places there were people opening doors like i don't know how we stayed alive probably some some yeah. of them <laughs> but it teaches you that you can talk to anyone you can reach out with any questions to anyone it gives you really self-confidence yeah. yeah so i think sometimes it gives us the base for the further uh, development though we don't work in this field oh absolutely yeah so but i'm curious if you ever ever um used your experiences in um building the, the barns <laughs> in africa well yes my life is not over god knows <laughs> <laughs> maybe you go volunteer projects one day exactly and they'll be like listen listen who what do you know i'm like look i can help 
I have diploma. Oh, yes, exactly. I have a diploma. It's an old one, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty random, but it was a good experience. It was a lot of hands-on work. I did one of my, it's not an internship. It wasn't long enough, but like a work placement in the zoo. I worked in the zoo. I would. I. I want now working in the zoo. <laughs> yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of cleaning, but uh, as an experience, it's just it took me places where I wouldn't have been able to enter otherwise. So you can put it in CV like working with dangerous <laughs> animals. Exactly, <laughs> people not included. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Do you still can speak some Czech? I can understand Czech very well. I well, I haven't spoken for 15 years. Naming those numbers really make, makes me feel pretty old because it doesn't feel like it was 15 years ago that I was yeah. living there. So I can read, uh, I listen to the news, but spoken language has lost a little bit. I mean, how often do you listen to the news in Czech? I don't, but occasionally I read, I have still friends that uh, are in Czech Republic and I have established their lives there so they have like little podcasts and stuff that they do okay. and they do it in check and check mm -hmm. so i i keep i keep up to date i mean it's good to have this option right it's a very small very small focused i would say you know yeah and i'm really impressed when people know very special little things like you know for example i don't know some professions in chemistry or physics but very narrow little thing but they really in the subject mm -hmm. i think it's really amazing and yeah. uh, you don't use it probably every day but some when it can you know shoot exactly exactly could uh, find itself to be useful even though it's a tiny little country and they don't speak it anywhere else however because i speak czech i understand polish that of. close right yes exactly with this i i somehow remember those movies you know when uh, i don't know people somewhere in a dangerous situation and they're blocked or they can't do it. And then they have some book and no one knows the language. And then suddenly there is a hero. He's like, I know this. And <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know, success moment. Yes. Well, I very much hope I will never find myself in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm the last hope <laughs> to say to read anything. In Polish. Yes, to read in Polish or in Czech. That would not be a scenario that I see myself in. Well, you know, it's a it's a peculiarity. Yeah. Was your plan to stay in Czech Republic? You expect too much of me, of of my young self of six between sixteen and twenty one. I didn't have a plan. I did okay. not have a plan. How um, did you see them your life? As a day by day miracle to be enjoyed. <laughs> I've studied, I finished, I graduated. I did not even give a thought if I was if I wanted to go to master's there, I had a wonderful boyfriend who probably would have married me if we would have stayed together for longer. So that would have been a, a different uh, outline for my life. But yeah, I really like, I really completely and utterly didn't give it any thought at all. And then through chance, one of my parents friend he worked in university of basel and he had his own little lab and he's like well she doesn't need to decide now she can come and volunteer for like seven months and just work in a lab and just you know wash dishes and <laughs> some little experiments and she can you know decide afterwards what she wants to do with her life well, i'm like this is excellent no decision making yeah yes 
So I moved to Basel. I moved to Basel. I was like, okay, fine. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life anyway. So I might as well. I think sometimes this chill out, we miss rain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try. Exactly. How bad can it be? No, I think it's it's a very specific momentum feeling. And I don't remember myself having that. Because there was somehow a bit of not hunt all the time. I think I didn't work in my life all together with maternity leaves and moves and everything like two years only Mm -hmm. after I finished. So it was always like, okay, next, higher, bigger, faster, whatever. So um, when I had these breaks, it was amazing. But I don't remember this feeling that somebody would give me a chance where I could say, yeah, let's try. And there will be this ease. Like now I'm getting a bit envy that (laughs) in a good (laughs) way. Yeah. And it was so random. And I had no idea what and how. And I was extremely lucky because getting a a visa for Switzerland, you know how difficult it would be. And I was just a student and the professor of parents connection, he got me a visa. Yeah. Because he knew people in Basel and he had uh, like a good standing as an employer. And uh, I lived in his, it sounds pretty, you know, nasty, but I lived in his basement for like seven months. (laughs) And uh, it was a nice basement. However, it was a basement with spiders and, you know. Another line in your resume? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can deal with spiders. I remember how scared I was when I came back from a night out and there was like a huge spider that like in my memory was like as big as my hand obviously wasn't it was just sitting like above my bed I'm like oh my god how am I gonna sleep with it oh I'm gonna sleep with that so I had to go out back then I still smoked had a cigarette gathered my strength and killed it mm-hmm. and I was like okay now I can sleep so that was that was a personal success story clearly mm-hmm. yes yeah, so the arrangement was that i'll come for like seven months to do a volunteering job at the lab will get paid very little money but considering that i didn't need to pay rent it was perfect and just gather experience and see what else is around i'm like okay let's see what else is around my boyfriend moved me by car we moved it was love. Well, it was lovely. It was heartbreaking because uh, we were breaking up. He still moved me, which is very nice. Yeah. So this seven months, um, it was a lab uh, that was dealing with plant virology. So it was connected to kind of connected to my bachelor education. Yeah. So I was familiar with plants. So that was always useful. And I did that and it was a great experience. And I taught students at that time. Which yeah. again, I have no idea how did that happen, but I was like, okay, do you need somebody to teach you? I'll teach you. I'll show it, you the world. Look, Easy. you remind me of this movie, Yes Man, or with Yes Jim Man, Carey. yeah, yeah, no, but yes, it's like say yes more. Definitely yeah. helps in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then after seven months, the uh, the basement that I was living in, my professor was like, okay, seven months has passed. You need to go. And I'm like, okay, nowhere to go to. But because I was some kind of attached to the university, I found a a place in the university dormitory. So I moved there. And um, because I already knew people in university, because I worked with them and for them and taught students for them, I found out that I can 
do my master's in English for the same price as you would do them as if you were Swiss and uh, learning in German. Yeah. And that's and a big like, difference, as I yes, know. That's like, what, 700 francs per semester, I think it was. And I'm like, well, excellent. I have a visa. They'll let me study. I have where to live. Well, I might as well stay. Yeah. And now study molecular virology. <laughs> Even more. Was it also random? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, I've, I've been working in this space. It was a continuation of the biology thing. Basel is a very pharma, very science-oriented town anyway. So I'm like, well, it doesn't seem like a bad option. I did that. Are you happy staying in Switzerland? Yes. Yes. Switzerland feels like home. Switzerland gives me the appreciation of safety in a sense. Yeah. Of certainty that things are going to work out. Yeah. Maybe because, you know, the way how I came here and how things worked out for me randomly. Let's be honest. It definitely it allows my back to be straight whenever I go anywhere else, whenever I go back home to Russia and my mom says that you can read the certainty that you know that everything is going to be fine with you yeah and that projects into the room and uh, gives a different quality to interactions that you have with yeah. bureaucracy that you have to mm -hmm. face <laughs> when back to motherland yeah true you work now in HR yes You're not certain. About no, <laughs> no, I mean, because HR is a, a, a human resources is a very broad term. And people that work in recruitment, we always try to make sure that people understand that there is a big difference. We do a nice part of HR. We hire people. We change, adjust their lives. We hopefully make their lives better. The main body of HR deals with underbelly of the company basically okay. it deals with everything that is people don't come to HR to say thank you you've changed my life thank you for allowing me to work at this fantastic place <laughs> they come to complain and they come to have problems solved yeah. and I've done that for a little while but I'm back to to making people happy in the first three months of their new job yeah exactly and then it's up to them yes <laughs> yeah was it also random it was yes Yes. Oh my God, I'm telling you this, give, giving you the story of my life and it's just like one random things, uh, thing after another. Yeah, it's like, yes. for me, it sounds like popcorn, you know, like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. it's like Whatever just possibility is coming and you just take it. Yes, yes. But uh, it doesn't mean that it, I, I think it's also, you know, it's a risk and it's your decision if you take it. So it's oh, still, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's still this, I can do that, you know, oh. attitude. Yes, yeah, yeah. And looking back at the decisions that I've made, I don't regret any of them. All the companies that I've worked with, all the jobs that I've done, it was the right decision at that time. Yes, so um, after I've graduated with my molecular virology degree, there were not that many jobs around. And I think it was also 2008. So fantastic market. Nothing. I would have been able to enter a, a lab and have a very scientifically oriented job in that direction but because I've already had a work on a, a hands-on experience I knew that it was just going to kill me mentally because mm. um, it's a very repetitive job you have to be passionate about the science that is behind it because if you're not it's just there's so much repetition there's yeah. so much fighting for, for results. resources yeah. results financial it's 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 a, an extremely difficult field when 
person enters it and you kind of go like, oh, I'm going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go like, I'm going to be fighting for my entire life for each and every tiniest little thing that I need to progress yeah. with my career. So I understand why a lot of, why quite a few women leave science because it's just, if you're not passionate, it's a field that is very difficult to stay in. So I was looking for a job, uh, one of the fields in the world of work that is the most accepting of outsiders is recruitment. And that's how I've entered. I started to recruit for pharma companies. So I was able to inject my knowledge of science mm-hmm. into into first couple of jobs that I've done. And it served me well. And uh, I've never looked back, to be honest. I hear that you're energized with that and you really like doing that. I do like the job that I do. Yes. And uh, plus it's a quick, well, quick, relatively quick depending on what you compare it to, but it's a result. It's a very result driven. You you get a play, you get a person a job and they start doing the job and then you move on to a new process. So it's very satisfying. Yeah. You said that um, in lab and uh, biology, it should be a really a passion, but seeing people and recruiting people, do you see that the um, passion and the drive is also important in other positions and in other fields of work? Uh, Yes, to a certain degree. I think we are putting too much expectations on people when they're changing jobs. We want them to be passionate about whether the job or the company or the project. Yes, sometimes a job is just a job and it's okay. And people should feel comfortable with this. Yeah, I think sometimes it's also people are pushed to say, that they have inner motivation, you know, and they really can't sleep without thinking of this job. And some people are really sometimes ashamed. They say, yeah, I love, it gives me money. It gives me satisfaction of doing something. It pays my bills, but somehow people sometimes push that to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of, which is a shame because I mean, you don't have to you don't have to be super passionate about a job to be able to do it well. And after all, this is what you paid for. You paid for a job and you paid to be able to do it, to do it good and yeah. well and bring results. And the whole passion thing, especially if you are in a bigger corporate organization, sometimes it might be more of a shortcoming than anything else. Yeah. My guessing is that in the recruitment process here in Switzerland, you see and meet a lot of experts who coming, going, changing, mm-hmm. Do you see as HR the points which could help them more in this moving, changing environment? And what would be maybe several tips from you? Flexibility. I mean, it's hard to judge because it's very hard to judge why people are changing jobs. Yes, sometimes they don't need to change jobs and sometimes they're just looking around for potentially better things. But just understanding why they're doing this and even if it's not like a perfect feed job, but it's the company that, where you can see that you want to make a career, just take it and move within the uh, the company where uh, to bring you where you want to be. It's hard to change jobs. It's hard to come here with a family, especially for women, because men are not as supportive of changing countries and changing their lives and maybe not having a job if a woman's career takes her to a different location. So have these conversations with your significant others before it all starts. 
to know that you have the support function and uh, that things are going to be fine and that you're not going to be slaving away trying to find schooling and arranging for the life of your child when you have to start a new job that yeah. you have somebody to do that with you yeah i think it's uh, i don't exact um, i don't know exact percentage but i think it's like 95% it's women going for husband's career somewhere than yeah. opposite yeah it is and it is sad Thank you very much for such nice inputs and um funny story. I think it's really something um extraordinary to have such a random important choices which brings you to the place where you are now and when you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I probably it might not be for many people but just ability to a desire just to say yes and hope things are going to work out for the best worked out for me. So I hope it will work out for some other people as well. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening us. We will be back in a week. That was Inside the Tribe. Bye.